I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, Laramie Tunsil, Ling it up. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Laramie Tunsil, what a deep dive. <laughs> I guess it's not too much of a deep dive. but That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying this inhaler type thing. It's not even like a normal inhaler, but Yeah, when you uh, when you think of a inhaler, you think of something the size of a kazoo. Isaac sends yeah. me this selfie with this giant giant It looks like a surgical bong basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's massive. But you basically just put it around your whole face and it does help. I'm not going to lie, it does help. It's supposed it to help the look- cough, the cold, all that stuff you've been dealing with. Yeah, all that stuff. Get it all out. And it helps. It's cool. It just looks really weird. Some people would say that you just have to sneeze enough and then the demons will come out, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yes, big win for the Mavs. I mean, they they played incredible this whole... No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I was gonna to try to wing it. I didn't get to see a majority of the game. I obviously didn't go to get to go to the game. He was passed uh, out. My, my other <laughs> my my other uh, job uh, had uh, yeah. Anyway, I'd do something with that. So one of us has got to work around here. I caught the uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a rare game. I didn't get to go to. And I didn't get to watch as far as home games. So those are. Very few and far between, but way to set up the podcast. Way to set up the podcast and tell tell on yourself that you're completely useless. I'm not gonna say and be dumb and be like, you know who shot the ball really well tonight? Luca just went off tonight, and it's like, "Mm, did he? All right, on the podcast today, we will be breaking down the Mavericks 121 to 114 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a lot of things outside of the individual game we can break down too. We will break down Jalen Brunson's interview at. At the post game, he had an incredible fourth quarter and an incredibly touching post game interview. So I think we're going to play the audio from that and you know listen to Jalen Brunson himself talk about his friend that he was you know playing for tonight, and then um, a big thing that motivated this team. And we'll talk about that. But Isaac, so right now let's just take a step back from this specific game. We'll break down the game in a minute, but let's take a step back. The Mavericks right now are nine and one in their last ten games. They've moved up to fourth in the Western Conference. They are what are they? 15 and 15 and 6 right now. Fourth best team in the West. Houston is dealing with, you know, whatever they're dealing with. Utah is really struggling. Minnesota lost the Mavericks. Obviously they're down to 500. Phoenix lost the other night and now they're 9 and 11. They're two games under 500. The Mavericks, I mean, they're cementing themselves as probably a top 5 team in the West right now. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, you I don't care how optimistic optimistic you were on Luca, the Porzingis pairing, Mavericks in general this season. I mean, most of the people out there, you're not going to you wouldn't have went into the season saying, "Hey, 
home court advantage. Okay. I mean, and, and that's okay. Like, I mean, we were pretty optimistic about it, even, you know, going on different pods before the season started, both of us and talking to different people and like, Hey, you know, we think the Mavericks could make the playoffs this year. And it was kind of, okay, maybe. <laughs> and you know, go, the Trey young conversation with Royce young. Oh, and yeah. if you haven't got to see that yet, you know, Trey young, some of it was like, okay, sure. Whatever. But, we have to point out, by the way, before you go watch it, Royce Young was one of the two people that voted for Trey Young as Rookie of the Year. So it's, we just need to point combo. We just need to point that out before you watch it. Well, Trey Young is talking about obviously the Luca comparison, and a lot of stuff was pulled from the "Hey, it still bothers me." Yeah, bro, it's going to bother you forever because you're not Luca. Yeah, and and it is unfair to him. But anyway, he he makes a one of the, the he goes on a few statements that I'm, I kind of disagreed with in a sense of he's like, "Yeah, well, we're just different players because we're different Mavericks, teams." Yeah, different teams and they're just, you know, they're in win now mode right now. You know, that that's a, that's a win now team. And look at the free agents they went out and got this. He literally said that and I'm like, "What? What?" And one, I'm like, "What does that mean for your team if you're saying the other team is different and they're in win now mode? So are you in Lose now mode, or and he, he mentioned it. He mentioned the Hawks is still in re, rebuild mode, like a rebuilding team. And the Mavericks are technically still in rebuild mode too. They just got to this point faster, at least at exactly. this point in the and, season. And that's what it, it made me look at it from a perspective of I was talking to my dad about it today. I'm like, yeah, but going into this, not everybody viewed the Mavericks as this win now team. When you think of a win now team, that is somebody like the Jazz that makes a move for somebody like a Mike Conley. You you think of some of these Lakers, teams that Anthony Davis. Yeah, the Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron, like the, the older guys they're bringing Danny Green and bringing Rondo yeah. back, the vets. Like that's those are win now teams by definition of what you're looking like in the league. Do you know who hit a three tonight? I know Dwight Powell did. Dwight Howard, 100%. No. 100% of the NBA's Dwights made a three. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. Um, but anyway, it's 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 a testament to the level that Luke is at right now that he has been so good, MVP level good, that it has made this team that no matter the biggest optimist around this team, majority of us did not sit there and say, you know what? They're top four seed in the West. That's, I mean, that's a big expectation considering all the teams that was projected before them. And, you know, we projected playoffs, but we were both with a majority of a lot of people saying, hey, we just want them to sneak into the playoffs. Like seven, eight seed probably. And they're exceeding all expectations right now. No matter how good you thought Luca was going to be in year two, obviously Dirk thought he would take a step back. I saw that quote. <laughs> um, Luca's exceeding most people's expectations right now. So, yeah, way the records are setting right now, and some of these other teams' storylines of the Mike Conley thing not being the best of you know starts of the season so far. And yeah, you could go down the line of it. It just it goes back to a bigger conversation of projections and trying to predict. Oh, that's a win on the schedule, and that's a loss. And there's there's so many things you can't predict. But the Warriors, I mean, look, the Warriors were like yeah. an either or game before the season. And now it's like, oh, that's an automatic dub. Yeah, I, la- I laugh at myself because we made these board bets, and I said, I said both of the finals teams would surprise everybody and be top four seeds in their conference. Both of those predictions were kind of out there. Most people are not on board with that, and I was obviously completely all wrong on the Warriors. And then 
the Raptors one's looking good. Completely right on that one. <laughs> but but it was it was funny, you know, with that because it's just so hard to predict things, and Dallas is exceeding everyone's expectations right now, and it's fun. It's amazing. They've also had quality wins too. They had a win against the Toronto Raptors that we just mentioned, a win at Houston, a win at the Lakers. I mean, those are huge wins. The Lakers have three losses all year. One of them is the Mavericks at their their own place. That's massive. Should have been four. Should have been four. Should have been four. With two, with two of them in Dallas. Mavericks but this Minnesota, this Minnesota game is the game that two the past two years Mavericks lose. Yes, this Minnesota game tonight. That's the these are the type of games that we're used to the Mavericks walking around. All right, this is an L. Like you're watching it and saying, I, I watched a decent part of the end of the fourth quarter. So, but that's the type of games. And I was following along box score stuff, but it just shows another. It's how you win in different ways. We've talked about it before. I think Harper said said that what a couple weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, and they said, "Hey, a mark of a good team is being able to win multiple different ways." Yeah. And the multiple different types of games, the trap games, the LA on TNT games, the what you know, all these different types of games. It's this type of game, another type tonight against Minnesota at home that they're not that I'm used to them losing over the past couple of years and they didn't and that it's a different team now completely all right coming up let's get into let's do the Jalen Brunson interview next because I think there's a couple more points in there that I want to get to it was a completely touching interview so I want to hear from Jalen Brunson so coming up we'll hear from Jalen Brunson with Jeff Skin Wade after the Mavericks win over the Timberwolves all right, thank you, follow well. I'm here with Jalen. 14 points in the fourth quarter. You're absolutely huge. Feeling something a little extra special tonight? What was it? Um, really, I want to thank um, the spirit of Nathan Halterman. That's one of my um, one of my great friends from high school who passed away last week. So um, it's been an emotional week for me, but he's watching above me. He's always he's always been there for me since high school. So he's a, he's a really big part of what happened tonight, and he's going to continue to watch over me for, over my career. Wow, that adds something really special and amazing to the night for you, and you and, and really the whole team have just been on an incredible streak lately. What is it that's putting everything into perspective for you guys and allowing you to go on this streak? Hey, we got we got tested at home a couple of games ago, and um, I mean we fought back. We uh, we came together came together as a team, and um, we're finding ways to get better every day. I think that's what makes this group really special. All right, now uh, coming up on Mavs Insider, we have Players Lounge with you and Harp sitting down. I know there's some fun stuff in that. Anything special you want to preview for that that we get to see this weekend? Uh, no, I wish he asked more questions on my dad, though, because he can't guard me. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's what we needed. Hey, thank you, Jalen. Great game, man. All right, there you go, guys. Back to you. All right, Isaac. Man, that, that interview is just so touching to me. Um, Jalen Brunson, he's talking about his friend Nathan Halterman, who he went to high school with. He, according to my friend Jeff Eisenban, he has, um, oh my gosh, some kind of muscular dystrophy. I can't pronounce the first word of it. Uh, he's 22 years old and he passed away this past weekend. And he was the manager for Jalen Brunson's high school basketball team. And he, he passed away. And it, you could hear it in Jalen Brunson's voice that he was on the verge of tears. It was just such a touching moment. Brunson had 14 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was probably the reason the Mavericks won the game towards the end of it. And it was just awesome to hear, you know, skin, skin like set it up and said, was there something special? Was there something that you were feeling? And he just set it up perfectly, not even knowing that this was behind it. Yeah. And, you, you know, that I do think, I don't think skin knew that that answer was coming. And uh, I always enjoy seeing professional athletes 
seeing the inspiration and passion behind performances and behind why they do what they do and why they put the hours in, why they put the sweat in, you know, beyond the, the, the paycheck of it, because I mean, a lot of us don't know exactly what goes into being a professional athlete, but you do know a ton of work and a ton of hours and you dedicate your life to, to the sport and to see things, to see a, a, a glimpse behind a curtain for a professional athlete of something or a relationship or a person that inspires them and pushes them and to see the break in Brunson's voice and seeing the passion behind that, you could tell that that relationship and friendship was real. And you saw, you know, we saw it a few days ago. If you follow Brunson on Instagram, he posted a, a, a couple pictures with him, uh, for one from a long time ago one recently because he was wearing a Mavericks jersey. So obviously it looked like he got to see Brunson, uh, play in the NBA too. So that was, that was cool. And I don't know anything about that friendship or relationship. I'm looking forward to probably Brad Townsend piece on this, uh, because Brad, uh, Brad does off the court stories better than anybody in the, uh, especially in the Mavericks world. But, um, I want to see this relationship unfold. I want to see it's, it's, I love seeing special relationships like this. And obviously it was a sad and, um, uh, moment of his passing for Brunson and, it's just really cool to see Brunson open up and be vulnerable and share that post game. And if you've ever done any kind of like charity work or if you've gone on a missions trip or something like that, you think about going into it, you think that, okay, I'm going to affect these people or I'm going to go in there and make change. I'm the one going in there and bringing some kind of service or some kind of message or something to the people that you're going to see. And then, you know, 10 times out of 10 people come out of it and say, wow, that touched me more than I think I touched, you know, the people that I was trying to serve or the people that I was trying to, you know, witness to. And I think that's the case with Jalen Brunson. I think that Jalen Brunson got spoken to more than, you know, maybe the, the kid even did. And you can hear it in his voice. And it's, it's awesome. There's, it's awesome to hear, you know, him having real emotion behind it. And to, to really, you know, sometimes we see these, you know, NBA cares videos and you show, they even showed one in the, during the game where Dwight Powell was, you know, helping some kids and it was, you know, this, this center that the Mavs foundation had helped support that, you know, helps kids that are, you know, under the age of 21, like if they need a shower or if they need, if they're homeless, you know, just stuff like that. And Honestly, to be completely honest, I was a little jaded thinking, like, how much does that really help? Like, how much, you know, is this really doing? Do these do these NBA players even care about stuff like that? And you just think that they're all selfish and they make all this money and they don't care. And then a story like this comes around. And Jalen Brunson, um, you could hear it in his voice. And I just thought that that was we, – we, I didn't think that we could brush that off because I thought it was so important, the human aspect of, you know, Brunson and hearing um, that that guy was – you know he's he's watching out for me. He's there. He was my guiding, you know, inspiration or guiding light during this game. And I think it was real and genuine, and that just completely touched my heart. And I really wanted to to talk about it. Yeah, it was it was a crazy moment and um, crazy moment. And I say crazy because you just don't see athletes be vulnerable like that, uh, especially right after a game. And I'm happy it did. And it's cool to see emotional side of players sometimes completely completely the other thing he mentioned in that interview that i wanted to get to was he said we got beat up or punched in the mouth or he said something about tested. the we got tested at home and that was the clippers loss that's the only loss they've had in the last 10 games and to hear from a player that that actually meant something to them that they wanted to respond and this is this is how we've responded from that loss i think is important because 
we talk about all these games. I mean, Isaac and I, we preview every game. <laughs> we talk about every game afterwards. And sometimes it feels like we care about the games more than the players do. You know, they, they do. We've talked all about load management. We've talked all about how players take off games and things like that. But these games matter to the players. They, they matter to them. And after that loss, they really wanted to, to step up and really wanted to respond. And I think that shows a lot about this team. And, I mean, well, it just shows where this team's at this year, being a different team. Of You don't see the losses come very often. So when you have, when you do have a loss, you get mad about it. You get frustrated. If you go, you know, what, five games before that Clippers game, uh, what, they had won five in a row or something, six in a row. And, yeah, you get on a roll. You get confident in yourself. And, you know, you come back home. And, and then, bam, you get smacked in the mouth and you lose. You're like, dang. This is it's kind of the opposite now, but this is what it feels like to lose, and I don't like that. And you know, it, it was you know, I went to that Clippers game, and I was I've been used over the past couple of years of the Mavericks losing, and then you go, you're like, as a media person, you know, it's just different when you go into a locker room after a game after a loss because all the players are normally typically pissed off. They don't want to talk to you. They, you know, it's hard to get some quotes for stories, especially if you're working on something that's not game story wise. <laughs> and now it's like this year, what a difference because they're winning so many more games. People are happy when, when things are winning, winning just makes everything that much better. And, yeah, so when you have a loss like the Clippers loss and you know it's a measuring stick game for them and people around the league and they lose that, they lose it at home, it pissed them off and it looks like it inspired them and you know that that next Clippers game, they're going to have circled on their calendar. Oh yeah, they're going to st- they're going to, you know, get up for that game for sure. You know they're going to look at it and think, "Hey, we got to we got to respond not only with the games between then and now, but in that game. I think the next Clippers game is January 21st. That's a home game. That'll be huge, you know, for Mavs fans as well to show up and be rowdy, loud, and proud and show up for the Mavericks in that game. So, um, okay, let's get into this game a little bit. The So the Mavericks, they started out and Dwight Powell just could do no wrong in this game. I mean, what's what's our guy's name on Twitter? Trent, our guy Trent. We we Trent, sh- we gave him so much shade on yesterday's show, <laughs> and this was. I didn't think you were going to say shade. We but, did, uh, we did, we we, we I, called. I him thought out. you were going to say a different word, but no, we <laughs> we'd have to put the e on the podcast. This is a family family friendly show. We gave him so much shade yesterday, and Dwight Powell comes out in this game. Finishes the game with 24 points, five boards, four assists, a steal, two blocks. He was nine of nine from the floor, hit two threes. I mean, come on. That, that was a game. The Timberwolves just had no answer for the Mavericks pick and roll at the beginning of the game. They stay gonna say Dwight Powell. I'm like, man, this is a change. <laughs> really going really leaning in leaning into the skit on this one. They didn't have any answer for Luca and Dwight pick and roll at the very beginning of the first like six minutes of the game. Dwight had eleven points in the first seven minutes. Uh, he had a three, he had a pick and roll, he had a layup where he was he got, caught the ball moving like we all want Porzingis to do. Man, I just thought Dwight was great in this game. Yeah, I mean, you texted me and said he'd hit two threes. And honestly, going to the game, we made a joke about this on yesterday's podcast. And I thought, I think I saw Doyle tweet out something pregame. It was like, there's a picture of Towns or something. He's like, yeah, he's about to just smoke Dwight Powell tonight. And honestly, you thought about that. And you're like, dang, Towns is one of the best players in the league. And then you see, you see what happens in the first quarter of Dwight Powell. And you're like, 
holy crap, this is kind of the exact opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Town scored happen. two more points than Powell. That's it. Just two. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, a lot of people like to bring up Towns' defense sometimes, and you're talking about him guarding the pick and roll. This is a next step in his game that he's got to figure that out. Well, that's I mean, a lot of people have to figure that out. That's just an impossible situation to be in. They 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 sort of hedged off of of Luca a little bit more in the second, and then Mavericks actually didn't go to the pick and roll as much in the second half. But uh, they sl- yeah, but Towns wants right to take that next step. To be in a top fifteen player one day, then that's the, he's got to get better defensively. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, but it, but it's that's that's a hard spot for anybody to be put in to be to have three shooters, I guess, if you want to count Dorian, and then Dwight running, you know, the role with Luca. I mean, that is that's tough. Luca's just hesitation and the way that he can score and the way that he can hit shots around the basket. It's just it's super hard. So, <clears throat> okay, this is a random question, but you said Luca, it made me think of this. Do the Mavericks have the most clean-shaved people, like clean-shaved roster in the league? We have Hardaway, and Hardaway has a full beard. We have. Okay, listen to clean-shaved people: Porzingis, Luca, <laughs> Dor- Dwight, Dwight. Yeah, Dorian's got the little, like the little hair on the bottom of his chin. Kurt- but that's three people. Luca, I'm not the biggest fan of Luca's recent um, shaving of his scruffles. I don't know. There's just something about it. It just it looks weird for me. But. Are you sure that was an inhaler? <laughs> I'm just saying. It, he does look super. He looks much younger. I feel like this, it, like this version of Luca, is what we're gonna look back on. You know how like the Dirk. The, I can't help. This is what I think about the Dirk pictures that we say with the hoop oh, this earrings. Is Dirk at, at 20 years, and this is the picture they pull out a Dirk picture from like early in his career. This version of Luca. After this, yeah, he's going to be – this is going to be the side-by-side comparison in 15 years. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Justin Jackson, no facial hair. None. <laughs> None. JJ Barea sometimes has no facial hair. But most of the time he does have some scruff. Boban? None. None. I'm just saying. Maxi? Beard. Oh, he has beard, yeah. I'm just saying, I think the Mavericks could be up there, most clean-shaved team. Oh, really? Just I know that's what we're all we're all caring about right now. Lucas switched shoes at halftime, by the way. Hey, I think we've already Same hit enough. the over on that one. Uh, all right, coming up, <laughs> let's get into the rest of this game. There's actual real moments in the game I want to get to, so coming up, let's talk about this Boy. game and how the bench saved the Mavs' butt. Mm. All right, Isaac. So, the Mavericks' bench came up huge in this game. Um Brunson obviously had the 14 points in the fourth quarter. Maxi had 12 points. Curry had eight points. Uh, Justin Jackson had five. DeLon Wright had four. And they just they were the only ones that had a positive plus minus. The starters all were negative, and the bench was all positive double digits. And, you know, p- single game plus minus doesn't mean a ton individually. But for that unit, you can just tell that that's where the Mavericks won this game. Especially... Uh, in the third, late in the third quarter. So Lucas subs out with just about two minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter. Mavericks are down 74 to 82. And then the Mavericks go on this run into the fourth quarter. They go on a 15 to 4 run to take the lead. And that right there, with Luca out, with Luca not on the floor, is just what separates this team from last year's team, in my opinion. Yeah. Even the last year's team had a good bench, but. 
Yeah, and it, you know when the bench plays this well and they have these runs, this in a way eliminates those conversations and those debates and those podcast segments and the jokes that we like to have of when's Luca coming back in? Yeah. Because when they play this well, you don't have to worry about it as much. They can hold their ground. They can maybe increase the lead. I thought for a moment uh, there in that fourth quarter or whatever it was towards the end of the game, because I started watching right when Luca and KB just checked in. Yeah, it was about five and, minutes left in the game. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was like that. And I just remember right before that, Brunson hit a shot, and I'm like, they were up by, it was less than 10. In and that, I was wondering, in, like, is Rick going to ride this out? In that stretch, from the last two and a half minutes of the third quarter into, you know, towards when, when Luca and KP came back in, the bench went 29-16 and 16 against the Timberwolves. Wow. That's crazy. And that's less than a full quarter of play. That's less than 12 minutes of play. I mean, that was just, that's impressive. That's super impressive. Hmm. I did, you know, I'm happy to see Brunson have a good game. I saw somebody tweet, uh, somebody tweeted at us yesterday and said, hey, you know, we've talked about potential or people on Mavs Twitter have thrown out different trades or people that they could target in trades. They said, besides the Courtney Lee contract, who's somebody that Dallas could you know, add to these deals or trade in these packages. And they had tweeted at us and said, I feel like it's Brunson, blah, 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 because he doesn't have a spot in the rotation. And I I do want to push back on that because I think he does have a spot. And I, I still, even though DeLon Wright, I think it feels like DeLon Wright gets better every single game in my opinion. But um, even though DeLon Wright's playing really well, uh, Seth, Seth Curry, you obviously need his shooting and stuff, even though he didn't hit a three tonight. I'm still super high on Jalen Brunson, and I think Jalen Brunson is a huge part of this team moving forward, and I'd be shocked if they dealt him, uh, but I was really happy to see him have a, a big game in this game because his shooting averages haven't been the best you know, this season, and to start the season, a lot of people's pointed that out and stuff, and when you play these spot minutes like Brunson does, you know, these shooting, these shooting percentages or the opportunities he does have to score, they become, they have a bigger spotlight on him, but... I was just super happy to see, you know, he came off the bench tonight, had 16 points in 17 minutes. Like you said, plus minus, as far as the highest plus minus on the team, he was a plus 21, DeLon Wright plus 21. That combo is something special uh, for the Mavericks, and Rick Carlisle loves that combo off the bench. Completely huge. And, yeah, I was against the people that said that, oh, we should trade Jalen Brunson. I think most of those people that say, oh, we should trade Jalen Brunson, just that he seems like the odd man out of the rotation, and he seems like a commodity that can be traded. Like, oh, this could be an interesting piece for somebody else. And I don't think that they, that they want to trade Jalen Brunson, like, oh, we got to get him off this team or something. But And so I'm not going to hold that against those people then. But I, don't, I wouldn't trade Jalen Brunson right now for sure. I think that you need a Jalen Brunson. You need a DeLon Wright. You need a Justin Jackson because these are, you know, the the fifty percent twenty five percent players they're gonna give you a good game like this every one every five games or one every four games something like that and you you really need one of those guys every single game to come up uh, I just saw a video where both Berea and Luca shaved tonight and Luca said that JJ Berea copied him so it was a story <laughs> get off me <laughs> it was a story in the locker room. <laughs> Um, I know we 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 already praised Powell, but I do want to give him his proper praise to say, hey, he played a heck of a, a heck of a basketball game. He did, especially when you go against somebody like Carl Anthony Towns. That's not he's one of the best bigs in the league, and you know Powell had twenty four points in twenty five minutes tonight. 
Um, what he shoot? He didn't even miss a shot. Didn't today. miss a shot. For, missed one free throw, and that was it. Two for two uh, from from the three point line. You know, he only had five boards and stuff, but yeah, and you know, he got hurt towards the end of the game with his arm. And after the game, you know, he said it wasn't serious or anything. And if I can, I know we talk about how much this organization loves Dwight, <laughs> but if there's a player on this team who the organization and the teammates are the most happy for when they have a big time game, it's Dwight Powell. Because everybody loves that guy and how much he puts in on and off the court. They love seeing this guy get, getting rewarded. Completely. Completely. And he was a big reason why the Mavericks were still in this game. And since we mentioned Luka didn't have the greatest game, twenty one or 22 points, 7 boards, 6 assists, only shot 8 of 22 from the floor, only hit 1-3, 5 turnovers in the game. He played just under 32 minutes, so a little less than normal. Um he didn't have the greatest game. He didn't carry the Mavericks. He didn't have an incredible like third quarter or anything in this game. Porzingis, he had 19 points in this game, which is good to see. He played less than 30 minutes in the game. Uh, he shot pretty well. Hit two threes. Uh, hit a couple of free throws. But neither played those, on a back to back too. Played on the back to back and played you know almost 30 minutes on a back to back, which is huge, super encouraging. Which is huge and encouraging for him as a player. Um, I also I tweeted out a whole bunch of stats about Porzingis, which I think we'll probably get into tomorrow. But he hit a couple of post game post you know post up shots, and that was really encouraging to see an encouraging game for Porzingis. But my point is that neither of these two guys were were super impressive in this game, and the Mavericks were able to win on the backs of Dwight Powell, Maxi, Jalen Brunson, you know, and Delon Wright. And the Mavericks shot twenty nine percent from three, eleven of thirty seven from three point line. There was, so if you want to, there were three of nineteen that, in the first half from three. Wow, it's wild. The Going di- back to the big, the first point I said of these are the games that the Mavericks would lose over the past year or so. Exactly. And this this Mavericks team didn't. And it's like the bench and some of these guys see, you know, Luca not having one of his crazy MVP nights, and you know, Kristaps not, you know, having a thirty point night, and they're saying, hey. We got to pick these guys up, and they did. And it's great. I mean, Maxi had 12, 12 big points off the bench, two or four from the three point line. I think he's shooting the ball really well right now. And I mean, even Tim Hardaway, he didn't shoot the ball <laughs> uh, very good tonight either. So, what about Dorian's put back dunk though? Big oh, time. You love it. You love to see it. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Uh, Dorian doesn't get super emotional a lot, but when he does, it's it's you know. It's cool to see him jam that back in. He he didn't score a ton in this game. I think he he didn't hit a three. Four points, three boards, two assists, a steal, and a and two blocks. He's just all over the stat sheet. Um, you know. Hey, and all I'm, three. I haven't got to t- all three of his boards, offensive rebounds. Huge. Oh, let's go. Um, I haven't got to talk about it really on this pod yet because I forget about it. But my latest piece for Mavs.com was on Dorian. A mm. Longer piece. You can click on it in the bio. The description of the, of the, the description of this podcast. The description of the pod. You can go to my Twitter, whatever. But I enjoyed writing that piece about him. I think he's a big part of this team. Uh, when you look at minutes played on this team, he's third. Uh, very clear, clear, clear spot at third spot behind Porzingis and Luca. They love him as a as the a piece alongside of them in this Bruce Bowen, Deshaun Stevenson type of role. So go play it. I talked to the front office about him too. Antonio Rodzoni, director of player personnel. He threw out this name of comparing him in a sense to Ben Wallace on the Pistons team and huh. how Rodzoni. Worked in the front office for the Pistons and stuff back to the championship days for them. And he just 
talked about the the intangible things that that Ben Wallace brought to those Pistons teams and how Finney Smith, in his own way, brings those type of things to this Mavericks team. So anyway, if you haven't read it, go read it. Go read it. it. Link in the description of this podcast. The Ben Wallace comparison, obviously not stylistically, but another undrafted guy, defensive player. Interesting that he he compared those two guys since he worked with them. Yeah. All right. There you go. Man, good win. Mavericks fourth in the West right now. It's feeling good right now. I mean, at different points in the last three years, we have talked about this team as we're tanking again. When's the earliest you think we started doing our, you know, draft research? Def- oh, November, December? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely before Christmas. I know that. Yeah, and we're not even thinking about the draft. The Mavericks actually are going to have a pick. If you think if you think about going back to the league standings thing, for fan bases across the league, who's the most confident most happy fan base right now Lakers <laughs> by far that fan base is like okay over the moon I was, I'm Ma- just saying I just Mavericks, want to say to Dallas, I think prob- Dallas should be up there Mavericks probably two they're probably number two because the Luka and how the team's performing and stuff like that I mean I just feel like as a as a fan base right now the Mavericks is I mean you have to be you are I mean, just glowing right now yeah. as far as your sports fandom. And because you just look at different teams across the league, and I feel like some of them, you know, even good teams will have their own question marks, whether it's, you know, Philadelphia and, you know, being like the team, but you still got big question marks. And you're like, all right, this is kind of fun. But yeah, I mean, even the Bucks of saying, man, this team's fun, but how oh, the clock's ticking for Giannis, you know, yeah. what's it, you know, all this stuff. So I just feel like pure enjoyment, the being a fan of the Mavericks right now has to be near the top with Lakers and whoever else. Probably just them. Maybe the Raptors you can throw up there too, since Kawhi left and they're you know, kicking butt. So True. yeah, completely agree. Mavericks should definitely be up there as far as fan, you know, loving the team. Uh, the podcast numbers definitely say that we appreciate everybody listening and we'll be back tomorrow. Guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. So, boom.